Hmm? Oh, what's up? Oh, um, nothing much. I'm just playing Animal Crossing. The, the, the others got me a Switch in Animal Crossing, so this has been my life for the past several weeks currently. Let's see. Oh, there's my neighbor running around. Little Naruto run. What? What? Oh, you need me to do a disclaimer. Oh, okay. Um, let me see if I can do this from memory. Uh, warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listen to discretion is advised. Also, please be aware that there could be spoilers for the entirety of Defrag, as well as various other shows and anime series, so be careful in case there is a series that you probably haven't finished yet. And finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Let's see. Alright, see if I can catch this real quick. Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Oh! Oh, what'd I get? What'd I get? I caught a goddamn tadpole. Well, alright. I, I guess that's it, so <laughs> enjoy the show, everybody! and all and welcome to dub talk the podcast where we make our own club make our own games and cause a huge ruckus in the process my name is stephanie she's megan and it's another stephan megan filler episode that's right kids no shirt no bras no fuck i messed that up what are you trying to say are you trying to tell us that uh, that we should be getting naked right now no i'm just saying that it's fuck i'm tired <laughs> it's late <laughs> It's late. Everybody take off your titty holsters. Wow. It's time for your fun bags to feel fun, fancy, and free. <laughs> oh my god. May your mighty memories maroon themselves onto <sighs> someone's face. Just like tacos? Just like tacos. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I hope all the gentlemen out there have shaved their heads. Ah, uh, yes. Before this demonstration. This demonstration of these nuts. <laughs> No, not these nuts, these boobs. These tits. These tits. Damn oh tits. Yep, we're off to a great start, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> Today, we're going to be going back in time to revisit another series that was discussed in the very early Dub Talk days, or in this case, the early Lilac Talks dubs days. Of course, if Before we rebranded everything. Before like everything we got, got rebranded. Oh, everything got branded like we were bought out by Disney. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I'm gonna rebrand all your shit. Oh, oh, I drink Re your milkshake. I drink it, and I <laughs> fucked your wife. <laughs> we're not getting anywhere, and we're, we're like, oh god. All right. Of course, if the title of today's episode didn't give it away, today we're going to be discussing the 2014 Brainspace comedy series, Defrag. If you're not familiar with this one, no worries, here's a quick summary. Kenji Kazuma was feared as the worst delinquent in Fujo High, but after certain events led him to peek in on the Game Development Club, or the Game Creation Club as it is called, he witnesses the outbreak of a fire. While the members inside manage to succeed in putting it out, they all attack Kenji to erase his memories and hide the incident. Kenji desperately tries to escape from them, but when their president, Roka Shibasaki, rescues him, he ends up joining the Game Creation Club. By his own volition, he says. 
by his own volition. But episode one will basically tell you, fuck no. <laughs> it was not his own choice. Um, and basically from there, hijinks ensue in normal comedic fashion. Oh, man. So yeah, this is, this is one of the last shows that, I guess, from the early vlog days when I did Lilac Talks dub stuff, this is one of the few left. It was this and Yurikuma Arashi that are left. So we're gonna- we're almost through the backlog. <laughs> oh no! We- I forget! We keep forgetting Supersonico is a thing. <laughs> I, I ain't touching that! Hell no! She can stay in the dank-ass dungeon! God. We'll let someone else touch it, it's fine. Um, Hardy should touch that. He likes big boobs. God damn it. <laughs> Hardy, I'm sorry. I'm not. I know you're not. You're never sorry. Um, as always, we're going to be going through the series and discussing its casting, performances, and the dub overall. Hope you have your elemental powers ready because we're going to kick it into some high gear here. Why don't we start off with the ADR director and the script writer. Technically, there's multiple script writers, but... One main one. One main one, and we're going to talk about them. So, welcome to the land of comedies. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a doozy of a pair. Um, so, we have for our ADR director for Defrag, we have Mr. Jerry Jewell. And our main script writer for the series is... The ever-wonderful Mr. J. Michael Tatum. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> haven't talked about Tatum as a writer in a hot minute. Um, yeah, I haven't either. I'm trying to think of the last time I did, but... Oh, I think I might remember, and some of these credits might give it away. So, other shows that J. Michael Tatum has written. He has written for Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department. Pretty much everything from the Garo franchise minus the film Divine Flame. And Laughing Under the Clouds, which I think that's the most recent thing. The last time we talked about him as a writer is Laughing Under the Clouds, I think. Um, as for Jerry Jewell, you will know him for directing such shows as Kamisama Kiss, Love Tyrant, and Star Blazer Space Battleship Yamato 2199, as well as 2202. So, where do we want to start this conversation? <laughs> I guess I go first, because it's just the two of us. We can make it if we try. We could just have fun conversation, but uh, where do we want to start with this discussion here? <laughs> oh god, the script of the show is so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> like, I haven't laughed so hard at a dub script in, like, a long while, maybe. Okay, that's a lie. I like the Joe script a lot, and I think probably, like... A lot of people are probably like, oh, if you laughed really hard, this is probably your favorite comedy anime. Eh, not really. Um, I thought a lot of it was very funny. I thought this was a really, really well put together comedy dub. Yeah. Like, it genuinely does a lot of things that I don't like in other dubs, but it's okay here. Like, slang, fourth wall humor, swearing. Like, it actually works. <laughs> All the things I usually complain about Tatum for. It's amazing. I died the first time I heard Earth Punch, bitch. <laughs> the delivery, like, the comedic delivery in this is fantastic. And yeah. I think they put together, like, an amazing cast of people for this. Like, this dub would not work with a different cast of people. No, like, it at, at fucking all. What's interesting is because this cast was announced in 2015, originally. And five years ago, some of the names that we're going to be talking about tonight, you wouldn't really see... In a dub in 2015. Yeah, because this is right when simuldubs first start popping up. 
Well, even then, this would have been recorded before that announcement even yeah. happened. Yeah, so a lot of these names that you, you now associate with the simuldub era, uh, I say era like a normal-ass human, Megan. Um, <laughs> you got this, I believe in you. I could speak like a normal adult. Yeah! Woo! That's a lie. I say fuck a lot. <laughs> um, we both do. It's fine. Oh, my mom hates it so much. Um, <laughs> I... I I don't really curse in front of my mom because, like, oh, I curse she and my stepdad get mad. The problem is my sister also curses, and she did, she gets away with it. It's like, fucking hell. <laughs> I curse in front of my mom all the time. She curses back at me. We call each other hookers. <laughs> she told me I have tits like Dolly Parton one day. It was weird. I fucking love your mom. Everyone loves my mom. Your mom's um, amazing. My mom's a national treasure. She um, is such a national treasure, and I love your mom. My mom's a national treasure. Um, <laughs> speaking of things that are national treasures, the script. Um, <laughs> yes. Some of the other lines that are that get me. Um, Earth Punch Bitch got me. Um, like, there's, like, my feels. Kabuki! Double Kabuki! Yep. I wrote down a few, too. I wrote, um, that's what's up, fire. I wrote down, I'm a girl, and I felt the girl fear just now. Yeah. Um, oh god, the, the bajillion words for boobs in this show. Oh my god, it's one of those m times where Tatum and the rest of the writing team probably had to go through like a goddamn thesaurus to come up with so many names. I wonder if they used Monica's boobs and ass thesaurus. Oh my god, if- if- I would not be surprised if he asked- asked to use some- asked for some help. <laughs> oh my god. That'd be so funny. Because there's a story, and Monica has, has told this herself at a convention. I can't remember what specific show it was for, but she had to basically create this her own thesaurus with the amount of variations for boobs and ass. <laughs> so, because it used like, those terms so much, but they couldn't keep using the same fucking term over and over again. They had to come up with different things. So, I would not be surprised if Tatum was just like, I need that for like five minutes. <laughs> Because, dear God, it was fun. Um, there was a check yourself before you wreck yourself joke in there. Um, jeez, what else? Oh, confunk was used in there. The words confunk were used in the script. Oh, and God. It was amazing. If anyone has ever not smelt confunk, like, uh, imagine, the, imagine the smell of, like, something dying, but it's been condensed in a room for three days, but nobody's dead. Yeah. It's it's not a pretty time, and it was used in the most in the most appropriate way. Yes, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> but it's like, here's the thing: when it comes to script writing, and with Tatum scripts in particular, you have a fifty fifty shot of either people loving it to pieces or downright hating it. And you have 50-50 shot of getting a very good Tatum script versus a not-so-great one. Uh, this is leading in the good camp, where it is a good script and you're gonna love it. Because, realistically speaking, a lot of the, the things that you were just describing, Megan, those are usual traits in a Tatum script. And they have been used in other comedic scripts he's done before but they didn't work as effectively or as well. 
But this show is amazing because it allows for so much leeway with some of the jokes and the fourth wall breaking and everything. It's just perfect. Like the amount of times where they reference, oh, are we going into a flashback right now? Oh, that shit's great. <laughs> it was just perfect. Like, I'm usually in the camp of, when it comes to Tatum scripts, some of the more dramatic ones I love so much. Like, Akka is a very good example of one of the ones I love so, so much. Laughing Under the Clouds is great, too. So it's very rare that comedic scripts are that, like, impactful and, ha- and make use of what the show is and the dynamic they're going for. And this works so fucking well. <laughs> it works so well. Every, like, every bit of it. I... I also haven't laughed out loud at a, at a comedic anime series in a very long time, and especially since, like, we follow a lot of the newer stuff on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't had a, as many laugh-out-loud moments as I have with this show compared to some of the newer stuff, which is great. So it's a fantastic testament on how much staying power this script has. Because usually I'm a proponent of, like not putting a lot of modern slang or terminology into stuff because you could date it later on. And it's very interesting that five years later, I still get a kick out of it. <laughs> like, the whole time. And I have very little issues with it. Um, it is possible that some of the terminology in the slang could date it, like, further on down the road, but... It- honestly, I don't care because it actually is just really funny. And yeah. honestly, a show like that kind of dates itself anymore. It's true. The show itself is probably going to end up dating itself in the future, so it's it's fine. <laughs> and then on the directing front, it's just so full of energy, and it's and it's very self-aware. The direction and the writing are very self-aware of themselves, and that's I think the biggest charm out of it is that self-awareness and the fun energy that it has. And the casting in this is great. I loved every second of it. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm betting five years ago when I co- I haven't wa- I not watched these old ass vlog episodes. Do you want to though? Do you really want to take a look at yourself five years in the past? I fucking don't. I fucking don't because I probably was an absolute moron when talking about. So this show. was I back five years ago. Mm. Like five years ago, I wouldn't be able to tell you like how like half of these people I wouldn't know who's who. Or what they did. Because I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Now it's just like, oh, cool. I know Whitney Rogers. I know Megan Shipman. Way to to just reveal that shit. Look fucking at this point. (laughs) At this point, there's already another video on this. There's another video. You can go back five years in the past and see my stupid ass face talk about this show. It's fine. Thanks, future me. Thanks. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> thanks past thanks past Steph. <laughs> thanks future me you realize i'm over here right okay thank you mate what are you doing <laughs> god that bit was so stupid and forced when i did it fucking hell the things i do <laughs> the things i do to try and be entertaining sometimes oh god <laughs> now you have people who have to listen to us for hours on end to hear all the funny jokes i know there's a right? lot of sex jokes in here <laughs> there's so many stupid jokes god no but at the end of the day like the fact that I still get a kick out of this show and this dub, because I've only watched the dub one other time, and it was actually two, three years ago, actually. I had never seen the show until You've today. You've never seen so. it until today. Um, and the fact that the dub itself is still, like, 
laughable and so funny. And it's just like I I'm the perfect testament to this because I had never seen the show. I have never seen clips of it. Like she was I had texting no me. I, she was texting me. I was she like, was like, "What, what the, the fuck? fuck? What the fuck even is this show? What am I fucking watching? I still great. don't know. <laughs> no, honestly, nobody knows. This this um, show is based off of a manga series. Actually, I think the manga is not licensed in the U.S. Though. It is not, as far as I know of. Um, but <laughs> no, it's a fun time. Like, and again, like five years ago, some of the names that were attached to the show were complete unknowns or relative newcomers. There's only like what two or three names in the dub itself that are like mainstays by this point in time. And then ever, and then it's like five years later and you're just like oh shit i know who this person is it's great i know you now i know you now i know better now (laughs) uh i learned things i learned a lot in five fucking years (laughs) i learned that steph from 2015 is a dumbass (laughs) and she doesn't know what she fucking wants in her life great but and now you do. Uh, now I do. Here I am, five years later. Uh, Why is this turning into ASMR? <laughs> and now we're gonna have some Reese's Pieces from this box. <laughs> Fuck. And now, and now we're gonna move on to the next section. Uh, I want everyone to turn their page to number two and uh turn down their uh dvd <laughs> shit i can't do this i, I literally this is the took my softest i've my ever had to t- this is the softest i've ever had to talk oh if you can hear me i need you to knock on your table three times turn around in a circle and scream i am the wombat <laughs> And I also need you to PayPal me uh, $350. (coughs) Okay, that last one's probably not going to happen, but I won't be surprised if people actually do the screaming of the wombat bit. (laughs) If you want to be nice to Dove Talk and you're listening to this ASMR, uh, $350 in our Kofi, please. (laughs) Oh, shit. Also, wash your fucking hands. Ah, yes, children, wash your fucking hands. hands. Pandemics are a real thing that exists right now. Hooray! Um, oh boy. But I think we both agree that the directing and writing works very well, surprisingly. <laughs> Does that sound accurate? <laughs> yes. We're yeah. good. We're good to move on. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Everybody's gonna be grouped together in terms of characters. We do have two sets of duos later on. Oh, this first group. Oh boy. <laughs> I get to talk about a certain somebody nerding the fuck out. <laughs> It's great. So our first group of characters we're going to talk about, um, they don't come in until the last third of the show, and they are the ex-student council members. Uh, They used to run the school until uh, Chitose, who we're going to talk about much later on, basically came in and fucked shit up and took over. So on the docket, we have Tama Sakai, who is the former student council president, Naganuma, who is the former vice president, Azuma Matsubara, who is the former treasurer, and Shinsen, who is the former, in the dub they call her the clerk, but she, basically the former secretary. Uh, she's also known as Barfi, because she has a problem. <laughs> Barfi! 
<laughs> she spews rainbows. She spews rainbows. Wind her and up flows. and watch her go. <laughs> Where she stops, <laughs> nobody knows. No. Doesn't she vomit all, all of them in the last episode or some shit? Or, or at least close to it, yeah. <laughs> no, I think she gets it on them, is what the show implies. It cuts to black, that's it, why. It, it cuts to, like, exterior of the school or some shit. Anyway, um, in terms of who voices these characters, I'm gonna start with Shinzen, actually. We have Leah Clark, who has been other characters such as Miyako Miyazaki from Bamboo Blade, Mayu from Death Parade, and Blair from Soul Eater. Trying to get some throwbacks in here. As Matsubara, we have Monica Rial, who has been in series and played characters such as Kaede Kayano from Assassination Classroom, and Murata uh, from Devil is a Part-Timer, and Yu Kashima from Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. As Naganuma, fucking hell. Uh, we have <laughs> we have Clifford Chapin. Oh, balls. <laughs> oh, balls. Uh, most notably, you will absolutely recognize him as Katsuki Bakugo from My Hero Academia. However, he has also been characters such as Koto Fujisaki from Nurikami Arigoto. Fuck that character <laughs> Fuck so that hard character. in the asshole. <laughs> and uh, Yoon from Yona of the Dawn. That one's a precious cinnamon roll. We must protect him at all costs. Unlike his character in Origami. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Fujisaki. Season three win. Uh, and then as for Tama, or a little Tama, as sheep would prefer to be called. <laughs> little t Okay, Tama has a daddy kink. You can't convince me otherwise. You know, <laughs> it's possible. Um, we have Lindsay Seidel who has been characters such as Yuzu from Konohana Kitan, Yayoi Kunizuka from Psychopaths, and Frey from Unbreakable Machine Doll. Surprised you didn't bring up uh, Nagisa from Ass Class. Eh. I already I already got an Assassination Classroom credit in there because Monica. So it's fine. I try to, I try to space them out. But, uh, oh man... Uh, so Monica's voice in her character was not- See, when I saw the characters for the first time, I thought Monica was the pink-haired one. Oh, you thought she was Shinsen? I thought she was gonna be- And then Lindsay was gonna be, uh, Tama was the blue-haired one, and then, uh, Leah would have been the gray-haired one, and I was like, well, I'm wrong. So, the one thing I really appreciate about Monica's performance in this is that it's her big girl voice. Ah, uh, yes. And that even when that character is a little child, it's the same fuck. <laughs> it's great no um but i think what's also fun about this is like this this performance creates monthly girls nozaki-kun this is almost kashima <laughs> it's almost kashima but it also doesn't predate i don't think this predates michiko and hachin though no it does not it was after michiko and hachin yeah that is the quintessential monica can do an adult voice show no but in terms of like performance wise it's i think it's similar to kashima yeah, no, I'm saying it's absolutely similar to Kashima. I'm just saying for people who don't know and have right. ever heard Monica Rial like play Kashima or ever heard her do an adult voice, I'm saying the other like quintessential big adult Monica performance is Michiko. Oh yeah, like if you if you never saw Michiko and Hachin on Toonami, first of all, shame on you. Second of also all, also be just stream it on Funimation site. That's true. Second of all, just watch it. Period, because oh boy, Monica just kills it. I need to actually watch that fucking show. I own the damn thing. <gasps> what? I've only seen an episode. I'm sorry. Shame on you. God. Anyway, <laughs> I I feel like I feel like that's like an episode that we've wanted to do as a dumb talk as a podcast, and we just never have sat us down to do it as classics because I think it, it's in classics. I think it's in classics territory, but uh, one of these days we'll figure so it. So Leah as Barfy is absolutely hysterical. Um, <laughs> she's so she's so upbeat and chipper and and awful, and I love her. 
And just, oh god, I don't know if she'd play Barfy if this was a simuldub nowadays. I feel like Barfy would be played by, like, um... Shit. I don't know why, but, like, my brain is like, Barfy would be played, played by Chill Harris. Um, I don't know, but, like, she was uh, absolutely hysterical, and I love when she's in the robot. Yep. And she's screaming and spinning around it's and great. stuff. And uh, Clifford is doing his Hensky voice before Hensky was a thing. <laughs> um, I haven't watched Hensky. I've watched an episode of Hensky. And this is this just is Clifford Chapin in a nutshell. Just to say, I did. Um, oh Jesus! No, it was it was kind of the funny Clifford voice that you get when he does a lot of comedies and stuff. Um, it's not his Bakugo tone or his Yoon tone. Um, I love the part where he's freaking out about. Oh man, these girls sound like my favorite anime voice actors. And then just true fans watch the sub. Shut up, Cosm. I'm gonna kick you in your tiny dick. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> That's a lie. Judging by this show, Cosma has giant, giant nards. <laughs> um, yep, true facts. He's got the biggest balls. Of oh all. my god. Um, Clifford was a lot of fun for, like, kind of the little bit of time he's on. But, man, I didn't know Lindsay Seidel could do a kind of psychopathic Moe voice. Oh, my God. That's what this is. She's a punk gangster. Tama is creepy. And I think she's also baby Tama, who also has one of my other favorite lines, which is when they're doing the flashback and she swipes the back of lollipops. And, and she tells her sister's like, you should only take one. Yeah, I'm a child. I have no impulse control. I didn't know that Lindsay could do, like, a super ultra-feminine Moe psychopath. <laughs> Surprise! Like, she was... It was very, very surprising that that was Lindsay Seidel, because I am so... I, I haven't... Okay, let's be real. I've never actually heard her as Nejiri in My Hero. What is wrong with you? I still haven't heard her as Nejiri. <laughs> I still haven't even watched most of season four. Oh my god. You need to I was just that. like, I'll fucking binge it when it's done. And then the, the pandemic happened, so I should really get- I should really fix you that. You have the time oh. to catch up. <laughs> now I have all this time to catch up. We have all the time in the world, Megan. What is wrong with you? So, <laughs> I'm playing Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> this is also true. They also created a monster out of me. If we got stuff a Switch. Um, got me a Switch and Animal Crossing, so now we're all fucked. And Fire Emblem. I got her Fire Emblem. Uh, so I'm screwed. So if you want to go, I'm done. I thought I thought this was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off of this. Like, Shinsen is so energetic and fun, and Leah is adorable, even when she goes barf barf. Um, Monica is Matsubara. This is pretty much Kashima before Kashima was a thing. Um, but Megan kind of gave a, a similar thoughts to me anyway, and I also jumped in. God damn it. <laughs> I forgot that Naganuma is an otaku and nerds out very hardcore in the show. I forgot this was a thing. <laughs> and the second that Cliff just starts going on tangents about voice actresses in some of his favorite shows in... And it's like, I can't attack them. They sound like they can voice anime characters. It was so funny. I'm just like, oh no. This dude's a nerd. nerd and then you have Cosmo. He's like, oh, oh my god. He's like, oh my god, he's a freaking nerd. Nerd <laughs> alert. Oh man. I just could not stop cracking up. And he's... <laughs> 
I'm cracking up now just thinking about it. Like, there's no words to describe this. And then, can I also say, Naganuma is a secret pervert, too? Yes, he is! He is a secret pervert, because before their match and their fight, and they're trying to come up with ideas, Naganuma, like, throws a, I approve of this, this tasteless game of mud wrestling, and he gets locked up in a closet with um, Hakishio, who we'll discuss in, in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's like, he's a closet pervert. <laughs> So much a closet pervert. He didn't even he, he didn't even have an actual line during that bit. It was just so funny. I like when he gets shoved into the locker. Yep. He's shoved in the locker with Hachi. Hachi and and Takao, I think. Takao? No, no, no. It was just him and Hachi. It was just the two of them shoved into oh, that yeah. locker. Because first it was Hachi because they were like, oh, there's five people. Who's gonna be on the team? And then they throw Hachi in the closet just to get him out of there. It's like you're not on this team. Fuck you. <laughs> Um, but no, Cliff is just such a fun little nerd and it's great. And why, if you're telling me that this is similar to the Hensky voice, why do I feel like I have to go and watch Hensky to say I fucking did? Just watch one episode, that's all you need. And just to witness this insanity, because I've heard that he goes and he goes all over the place. Absolutely. Even, even Cliff himself has stated he went all over the place with that show, <laughs> with his range. Um, but... The real star of this section is Lindsay Seidel. There are no questions about that. Like, she- <laughs> Lindsay is so gangsta and psychopathic and is just, like, a bit creepy. Like, mostly because the character will just stay there wide-eyed the whole time. And hearing Lindsay's voice come out of that character, it's like, I am freaked out. <laughs> stay away. <laughs> Like, she's intense and insane, and it's so much fun. Just, like, I think one of my other little favorite bits with Tama, I don't think you mentioned it with her, is the Kabuki. Windmill, bitch! Windmill, bitch! Kabuki! <laughs> How we learn, like, why she puts her hair in pigtails. Double the range! She's gone double she's the range! She's dual-wielding! She's dual-wielding! Suck a dick, Kirito! <laughs> Sakai, what did I just get done telling you? Stop it with the kabuki. Windmill, <laughs> motherfucker. Windmill, wee. And then you have, and then you have. Windmill, I can't bitch. I think no, it was either Atsuru or Hachi. Yes, yes. fifth generation kabuki play kabuki ca actors are very jealous of this. <laughs> of the skill, it was great. Oh no, Lindsay was a riot. Like. She was the star of that last arc, for sure. Like, she's intimidating and psychopathic and just also very innocent-seeming. She she blends all this together and you have Tama, and it's so much fun just to watch her just like, but what are you talking about? <laughs> like, sitting there like a creeper, her eyes just wide like, hmm. <laughs> ooh, ooh, what's this? Oh my god. In another show, this would be the Yandere. As <laughs> if so she yeah, she is the Yandere member of Cosmo's harem. Because <laughs> Cosmo has because Cosmo has an accidental harem. And yeah, Tama would be a part of it as the Yandere character. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. But no, like all of these performances are so much fun. Um, but props to Clifford Chapin for getting the most laughs out of me for that. <laughs> Just saying. Ready to go on to the next section of characters? Yeah! Oh, here's everybody's favorite masochist incoming. Um. Oh boy. Or at least one of them. <laughs> uh, the next group of characters we're gonna talk about 
we're, we'll, we'll dub this next section Kazuma's gang. So these are Kazuma's friends. And they have a gang together because supposedly they're delinquents. <laughs> Except for one. One is the vice president of the student council. And, and he he's a, a freak in the sheets. He's a freak in the sheets and a fucking masochist. Like, oh boy. <laughs> so we have Atadu Kawahara, who is the vice president of the student council and our wonderful masochist friend. Uh, and we also have these two, these other two characters have more of a backseat role in the show. Um, Atsuru is a bit more involved throughout the course of the show. Uh, we have Hirosai Nagayama, and we have Yokoshima, as well as part of Kazuma's gang. Uh, just to give you an idea, obviously, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, you see the pictures of them on the screen. To give you an idea, Nagayama is this tall tan like glasses wearing hair slicked back kind of dude he He's looks like the guy from school rumble that is exactly where i was about to go with this <laughs> and i have not even seen school rumble oh when you say i have issues for never having seen michiko and hajin look here <laughs> and as for yokoshima he's a very very short kind of chubby guy like a fake punk if you will <laughs> Because he just seems like an adorable teddy bear of sorts, kind of. I don't know, in a weird way. Um, anyway, so the individuals voicing these characters. But yes, I had to describe at least Nagiyama and Yokoshima to understand why Kazuma's gang is a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. So the voice of Yokoshima is Josh Greeley, who has been in series and voice characters such as Armin Arlette from Attack on Titan, Akihisa Yoshi from Baka and Test, and Kenichi Shirahama from Kenichi the, Ni- the Mightiest Disciple. As Nagiyama, we have Ian Sinclair, who is Lizard from Africa Salaryman, Victor Licht from Fire Force, and another oldie, I'm trying to get some oldie ones in here, for funsies, Hiroto from Carnival. Ah, uh, yes, the good old voice blacking. <laughs> the voice blacking act magic. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. As Ataru. <sighs> I'm already saying that this is fucking perfect already, and I haven't even said who it is. It's our scriptwriter, J. Michael Tatum. <laughs> um, who has played other roles such as Steven Starface from Blood K Battlefront, Magma from Dr. Stone, and France from Hatalia. <laughs> oh boy, where do we want to start with this? <laughs> I think the easy ones to get out of the way would be Ian and Josh, right? Yeah, they're kind of... I thought they would be bigger characters in this, and and they kind of aren't. They're really not. And I think that they're they're doing serviceable roles. I was surprised that Josh was that little, like, fat gremlin kid. Yeah, like... Like you would never, you would never notice it was him. That that kind of threw me for a loop for a second. No, but... yeah, like the voice that comes out of um, Yokoshima's mouth is like not what I expected. No, like if you're watching this in 2015 when this first came out, you would you would be very surprised that it would be Josh. But obviously, five years later, we know that Josh is a voice acting fucking demon lord of some shit. God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then Ian was just typical Ian. Uh, there's not much to really say about them. Man, let's just dedicate this entire segment to whatever the fuck J. Michael Tatum was doing. Because I want him to keep doing it. Um, let's dedicate it to one of the funniest performances of the show. It was absolutely hysterical. Oh like, my god. One of his funniest performances of all time. Like, Oh, for him, yes. Ab- absolutely. Like, Atsuru is a fucking masochist and he like he's such a goober and just the whole like 
I volunteer to be hit around and ah, uh, use and me as like, your shield. Cause was like, what the fuck are you talking, fuck, about? dude? <laughs> just like it just uh, I love when they get caught for peeping and he's like, well shit, basically. No 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 no. What's this is this is where you knew that this character was going to be very amusing. Um I think it was that whole peeping Tom shit was episode two, I think, right? Oh yeah, where she's got the spit coming out of her mouth and he's like, I'll catch it! No, even before that, there was a moment like where they're talking about how Cosma was like held hostage the day before by the game creation club and <laughs> He's just like, they didn't hurt you, did they? Let's let let me take a look and see to make sure. And you can see just like him like lighting he's up. Like, like, oh my god. He's also a member of Cosmos Harem, apparently. You that's that was the first small hint of it, and then the spit moment was where you really catch on. It's like, oh, he is a masochist. <laughs> he loves the shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, I didn't think Tatum would go like to that extent. But oh my god, did he, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was the best. Like, it was literally Every best. time he was on the screen, he was going to somehow embarrass himself, that character. Yep. And just his absolute delivery of being such a damn loser, who's also like, oh, harder, please, sir, may I have another? Please, she to say, may I have another? <laughs> Like, uh, like, here's the thing. Does he ever say, please step on me? No, but he is stepped on. <laughs> Oh, it's like, uh, I just want to be under her boot. Like, it is so aggressively horny. It's so good. Like, it is comedically he, horny. He and is. I, I love it. He is. Like, he has his moments where he means, he means well. He's doing the best he can. He wants to do right by his friends and for the school. But then the second you possibly have potential pain as a hidden factor he just snap <laughs> it's like he's just like he's like i will drink it all up it's like oh god <laughs> if anybody was was to have fun in the booth during this entire process bar none it's tatum like i will hear no arguments that tatum had the most fun in the goddamn booth oh absolutely there's nobody else <laughs> there's who i think could have else. as much fun as tatum playing that character Roka might be a close second for different reasons, but <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh man, Ataru! Oh God, this this disturbed gremlin! Oh, we love him so much, though. Oh, he is just so, just like comedically being really funny while having to be this this character type who is very off-putting. It could be because, done very wrong. Yeah, it could be done quickly. very wrong. Like, yep. th and this is a testament to how well the direction in the script is because this character done wrong because of becomes obnoxious and, and nauseating to like yep. the point where you'd want to turn off the show. And it could be potentially uncomfortable for people if it was done wrong too, so. Yeah, it's, a lot of this show walks the line of if this was not done the way it was, this is a very bad show. Yes. Like, I don't think this is the best com anime comedy ever. Like, I, I would probably say, like, I rank things like Nichijo, Nozaki-kun, um, Pop Team Epic a little bit high. Shimonetta is another comedy I like. Um, also, another comedy that has potential to be really good, but I'm not gonna 100% throw my uh, all my eggs in that basket yet because I've only seen an episode. Uh, Gal and Dino is also really fucking funny. Um, oh, yeah? You should watch Gal and Dino. It's adorable. Good to know. Everybody should watch Gal and Dino. No, but like, that's one of the strong points of the dub in general is because it is very self-aware of what it is and it does tread, yeah. that, it treads that fine line and it never goes 
it might have almost gone too far in like very very small instances but like it almost never like goes overboard yeah and the other thing is too is that um like i said a lot of characters in the show could be just jerry genuinely uncomfortable yeah. um like i'll talk about it a bit more with like roca yeah but Roka um, could easily have been an uncomfortable character. That, that, that entire was. segment could be a uh, Roka and the uh, student council president. So, uh, yeah, but I'm I'm good to move on if you're good to move on. I mean, just saying. Bottom line, like, while the overall dub is fantastic, goddamn, if this is not one of the most fun comedic performances I have ever seen out of J. Michael Tatum, holy shit! <laughs> like, bottom line, um. But yeah, we're gonna move right on. So here's the thing, and this is a plot point very early on in the show. There's actually technically two game creation clubs. Oh yeah. The one that our main character Kazuma belongs to is the game creation club provisional is the official name of the club. And the reason for that is because Roka decided, oh, nobody likes me in this actual game creation club. I'm gonna leave. Chito say basically fucked shit up because it's Chitosei. She buried everybody in the ground and nearly killed them. Yep. Uh, and then Chitosei was like, hey, Roka, why don't we just make our own club? Hence the new game creation club. But um, why don't we talk about the official original game creation club members minus one. We're going to talk about her much later on because she has a larger role in the show. Um, so we have for the original game creation club, we have Tsutsumi Inoda. Uh, we have Sakura Gaoka and Yamada. To describe each of these characters real quick, Yamada is essentially the big friendly giant. Uh, Sakura Gaoka is a very feminine man and uh, is stuck cross-dressing a lot. Not really by against choice. His, against his will. Against Poor his dude. will. Well, he technically started it off and did it to himself. <laughs> Okay, he did it once so that he wouldn't get his ass beat. And then he got stuck living the lie the rest of the show. <laughs> Just so he could keep up the facade and not get his ass beat. Um, and then Inada is... Oh, boy. <laughs> Inada is a glasses-wearing girl who is a a another one of the many perverts of the show. Um, primarily for club president Takao. And her uh, big bazongas. <laughs> as well as poor, poor Sakura Gaoka in a dress. Yes, indeed. So, voicing these characters, as Yamada, we have Chris Rager, uh, who has been in other series and roles such as the Great Gozu from Diagon Opera 3, uh, and of Hope's Peak Academy Future Arc, uh, as Kaiser Lidford, Lidfard, excuse me, from Rage of Bahama Genesis, and Arlong from One Piece. Uh, as Sakura Gaoka, we have Megan Vanderplum, whose only other really major role, actually, this is one of the few newcomers, um, her only other major role is Oboro Suki Migusa from Shimaneta, uh, but she has also done minor roles in shows such as Kamisama Kiss and Rapo Kitan Game of the Place, and as for Inada, we have Morgan Garrett, uh, nowadays she goes by Morgan LeRae, but in this case we're gonna go by Morgan Garrett. She has been in other series, like playing Red Kern from The Ancient Magus Bride, Sophie from Gosek, and Akira Mato from Tokyo Ghoul. My wife. Your wife. My wife! Because we always have to mention your wife. My wife. Your my wife. Love, my life. Uh, so I'll start with Chris Rager. Uh, it's just the big gentle giant voice. Unfortunately, Yamada doesn't really do shit. He doesn't. He's just um, the gentle giant. 
He's just a Yamada, kind soul. Okay, no, Yamada fakes dressing up like a girl and gets his ass beat by Kazuma, and it's just like, I'm a girl too! And then he gets just... arrested. <laughs> arrested and as a And then I love when, I love when, good, when Kazuma sees him again, he's just like, hey, Yamada, sorry you got arrested. No, man, it's cool. Uh, and then Megan as uh, Sakura Gauka. Oh boy, this is the same problem I had with them in Shimonetta. They don't really have a good little boy voice. Um, it's, it's very obvious that there's a woman. And, uh, I mean, there are other times where, like, you could tell a lot of female actresses play younger boys, but, like, this one, it, it's the same problem I had with them in, in Shimonetta. It was stiff. Get your joke out here. Um, God damn it, it was stiff. It was, it was a little too feminine. Um, it's probably the weakest voice in the dub, unfortunately. Sorry. But let's talk about batshit Morgan. <laughs> um... <laughs> Her and and the class president's boob shit with their their fingers and her screaming and being horny is hilarious. But the part where she's a sports announcer. Ah, yes. Sports comedy. Is some of the best shit in the show. Where it's like, nobody cares about you two over there being boring. We're here about the bazongas. And good lord almighty. We're here for the, the tits. Whole, we're here for the tits. And... <laughs> I think it's her it's like sweet little Tama. <laughs> Just Morgan is so bombastic and energetic as this character and it, it really helps with the comedy. Comedies are so hard to talk about because when people are ha it's hammy, it's over the top, it's a bat shit. It's so enjoyable, that's all I have to say. It's hard to talk about a lot of this stuff because I have the same compliments for everybody. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. No, um, I actually don't really have a lot of notes for Chris and Megan on this one. Um, because they don't do much. Again, Yamada is a big friendly giant. Sakuragaoka is there. <laughs> um, because I'm not familiar with Megan Vanderplum, um, this is probably the first time I've ever listened to Megan before in a performance. Um, I thought it was okay. I, th I think it works in the dynamic that's there. Um, like, I understand the issue of it not being a little boy voice. Um, because this is a boy. <laughs> not a girl. He just dresses up as a girl because he doesn't have a fucking choice. Um, so I can see the issue, but I didn't really have any huge gripes about it. Probably because Sakura, Sakura Gaoka, um, wasn't a huge prevalent character in the show either. Um, so I, it just kind of flew under the radar for me. Uh, but Morgan Garrett did not fly under the radar. She flew over the fucking moon and hasn't come back since. <laughs> um, yeah, like, her, the, the shit she does in this show is just downright insane. Like, Morgan's character is another one that has to walk that fine line. Mm -hmm. Like, that if it was too much, you were becoming very uncomfortable and very perverted. This is the same argument with Ataru, basically. Um, so she walks that fine line very well. Ataru is the worst part of it, though. <laughs> because he's straight masochist. Um, Inada is just a pervert. That's really what it comes down to. Um, but Morgan just has so much fun playing it up. She and Chitose are the two characters that the boost thesaurus was very much used on. Yes. Because the two of them are the ones that have to, like, spew words for, like, different synonyms for, for breasts the whole fucking time. And it's the funniest shit. Roka has to do it sometimes, too. And um, Takao has a couple of moments. Uh, but the majority of it is um, Inada and Chitose. And, and Inada being the biggest part of it. <laughs> 
because obviously she knows Takao very well <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, Morgan is off the walls, like bat, like batshit crazy, and just has so much fun energy to her. It's just, oh my god. It reminds me, because I've watched at least a few episodes of Nichijo, mind you. This is, at least in terms of tone and comedic timing, this is similar. At least in that. Obviously two different fucking characters. But this is reminding me, fuck, I need to keep watching Nichijo. <laughs> that is on my list. I even bought Andrew a copy of Nichijo for Christmas as his secret Santa. And if he was watching this right now, I already know the answer would be yes. You need to watch more Nichijo. That would be his instant response. But I need to watch more Nichijo, bottom line. Uh, so... We ready to move on? Absolutely, you should watch more Joe, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, so, this is going by relatively quickly, which is great. Um, <laughs> let's talk about more members of the Game Creation Club Provisional. So, we're gonna talk about three people. Two of them are students. One is going to be their faculty advisor. So, for the students, we have first year, Sakura Mizukami. Uh, first year, pink hair, token pink hair girl. She's also... <laughs> this is where the elemental Making bullshit. a splash. <laughs> this is where the elemental powers and the elemental joke I put in the beginning of the episode comes in. So the members of the Game Creation Club Provisional are basically claimed to have elemental powers. In Sakura's case, she's a water type. <laughs> she's a squirtle. She's a squirtle. She always has a water bottle. She's very cutesy. Um, we have... <laughs> Uh, member number, technically, he's the fourth member. Kazuma is the fifth member, technically. Um, which the reaction is the funniest thing where we find out he is a member because the original reason why Kazuma is dragged into this is because the club supposedly didn't have enough members and was going to shut down. Uh, but we have Hachishio, who is this charming, charismatic, good-looking guy who's the son of a man who owns a huge conglomerate, his family's rich, and all this fun stuff, but, um, welcome to pervert number three, um, <laughs> in this show that we get to talk about. He has a, uh, he has a thing for Roka, <laughs> but not for the innocent way you think. He, 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 uh, he, as Atsuru is a masochist, and Inada is clearly into boobs and boys cross-dressing, uh, Hachi's in, is, uh, Loves tight spaces. He likes to be smashed. He likes tight spaces. With the best one of all being, um, Roka has this thing called her little darkness bags. That's his favorite. Are those his boots? Oh, it's the bag. It's the bag. <laughs> okay, so I've always, I always like to just go back and watch that, the first 100 episodes moments thing. Mm -hmm. And the darkness bags thing is the one for the defrag one. Yes. And I always thought it was a reference to her tits. No. And then I learned, no, it's just an actual bag. It's that just she an actual puts, bag that she just puts in people's heads. She fucking war crimes people. She really does. <laughs> Roka is a, Roka is an interesting enigma. Roka is a little psycho. Roka's a little nutty. Um, but we're gonna talk about her Roka later. Roka has problems. Oh boy. Yeah, but bottom line, Hachishio is loves small tight spaces. And then we have the club advisor Minami Osawa. Um, she's god damn it. She is a lazy good for nothing teacher. Yes. She's just there to nap. It's fine. Um, and she is apparently an electric type, 
with a taser. <laughs> She's a Pikachu. She's a Pikachu. Uh, Pika Pikachu. Uh, anyway, the individuals voicing these characters as uh, Miss Osawa, we have Caitlin Glass, who has voiced characters such as Miria Havernet from Bakano. We also have Umiko Ahogan from New Game and Retori from the Show I Rock franchise. Asachi <laughs> Shio. Oh boy. Micah Solasad, uh, who has voiced other characters such as Soul Evans from Soul Eater, Mizuki from Kamisama Kiss, and B from Space Dandy. Uh, and as for Sakura Mizukami, we have Megan Shipman, who has voiced characters such as Aerie Spring from Astro Lost in Space, Hanamaru Kunikita from Love Life Sunshine, and here's an oldie but goodie for us. Lekti Einsnatch from Sky Wizards Academy. Why do you make me remember that? Because I'm evil sometimes. Cody Balfour's nowhere in this show. <laughs> um, hold on. Actually, no, Cody Balfour is in this show. He's a couple minor characters. Hi, Phil. Uh, I mean, hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Wrong Shit. person. Shit, my bad. <laughs> I drink to forget Sky Wizards Academy. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, No. So Megan's really easy. Uh, I really couldn't tell it was her, but she also didn't leave a huge impact on the show. She doesn't really do a lot compared to the other members of the game club. Right. She just shows up to get people wet sometimes. <laughs> She's the reason why we are in the splash zone. But not for the way that you think, you perps. Exactly. Oh, man. I love absolutely chill stoner Caitlin Glass. Um, <laughs> I love that she is like as deadpan and monotone and just like, God, you fucking kids go home. I, I love when they're trying to make a name for it. It's like, oh yeah, you guys already have a name. Why didn't you tell us, man? You guys were having fun. I didn't want to ruin it. Or what? Or, oh no. Tokyo Nanners. Oh my god. Where she literally robs Alexis's entire life purpose from her. Yep. Legit. When you get to the end of the series, make sure you watch the credits all the way through. There's a small little fun gem at the end. Tokyo Nanners. <laughs> Uh, no, so she was a lot of fun as just this deadpan teach. I love the episode, too, where she's trying to do the backstory of how she got her tracksuit, and she's just like, oh, yeah, it's just very chill, and I think Caitlin probably also had a ton of fun in the booth with that one, because I don't think you get to play a lot of characters like that No, often. Caitlin usually plays, like, a lot of energetic characters. I'm really interested, because I know, I know I've read the Fruits Basket manga, have you? No. I haven't read all the way through. Okay. I read, I think Her last I knew, I read up to where the 2001 series ended. Okay, so you don't know anything about the character that she plays. I'll, nope. Okay, I'll keep quiet. I know nothing. Quiet. It's very much a, it's not the typical Caitlyn rule that you think of. Um, Wonderful. I'm excited then. She's absolutely a lot of fun of this. And then, uh, oh, Micah. <laughs> oh, man. This is pretty- I haven't heard Micah play a horny sleazeball before. Really? Like- Mizuki could be kind of sleazy, but he was a well-intentioned good boy. Yeah, but he's all- Mizuki, Mizuki from Comic-Kiss Mizuki Mizuki never did anything wrong. No, Mizuki is, is more like a cunning sleazeball, not a perverted sleazeball. Like, I don't remember Micah playing a lot of pervs. Neither do I. It's very rare. Like, almost never. I mean, okay, no, Soul was kind of a perv. Soul was a perv, but he wasn't slimy. No. This guy Soul is, is- Soul is not an intentional perv. Okay, yeah, actually, that's true. He's not an intentional perv. Yeah, technically, by manga standards, he's not the most perverted person. <laughs> uh, that's actually Subaki. Um, whoops. But, uh, no, just- He's so awful! <laughs> Micah is so good at playing this douche canoe. 
And you just want to see Roka take her darkness bag away from him and Cosmo beat him up and put him in a pulp and just, I love his whole like, oh, Roka! And he's like, he's like the creepy stalker girl, but it's a dude. His whole introduction, his whole introduction can be summed up as the stalker. It's so funny though. And it's just really dumb and goofy and charming and I love it. And again- And it's also just also kind of gross. Yeah. Again, this one also like goes on that fine line again. Toes the line. Mm Mm-hmm. That fine line of being hilarious to being completely uncomfortable. (laughs) And he does so well with it. Oh, what was it? What was that game? Piss. What was the game? What's it? Just a card that says piss. <laughs> what was it like? Push. Push it super strong. Oh yeah, push it super strong. He's he's a he's not very good at pissing. <laughs> Probably on purpose though. He just wants darkness. Shut up. Probably not very well, only because it, apparently his favorite seat in the club room is in that corner with the bookcase <laughs> shoved the against wall. him. <laughs> It's the wall. Ah, yes. Did we mention he's very much into tight spaces? Um, can can I just say the creepy, like, it is creepy. However, it's also fucking hilarious how this is done. Mm Mm-hmm. When Hachi and Kazuma share the bag that Kazuma got bagged with. Oh, my God. Because, like, Roga gets pissed at Kazuma, bags him again, and this is within, like, maybe... Five to six minutes of when we're introduced to Hachi. And she goes away. And he's just on the floor. Like, Hachi's on the floor crawling to him. Kazuma, come on, let me get in there with you. And you're just like, you need to stop, sir. <laughs> it was like bad touch. Hachi is bad touch right now. <laughs> and then you have poor Fumabori just over there to the side. Just like, scarred for life, this poor girl. <laughs> Poor Fumapori. Poor Felicia. Poor, poor Felicia Angel. What up, Felicia Angel? Um, just... <laughs> so good. No, but, um, Kaylin is basically stoner teacher, lazy as fuck, and it's amazing. Um, she's very quiet, very mellow, and <laughs> my exact words, lazy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's basically what this teacher is, is she doesn't really care. Like... She sometimes contributes to the problem that is, hey, y'all are causing some problems, some trouble in the school. But then occasionally she steps in as an actual teacher. It's like, no, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Mostly when Cosmo's like, are you fucking out of your minds? And then she's like, yeah, as your advisor, I am going to have to advise you against that. He's just like, thank you. Um, so it's very, it's very laid back, very mellow, very like quiet for Caitlyn. And it's a lot of fun. Um... There's not a lot much more I, I can add to fucking Micah. Um, it's stupidly funny. And it, again, this is one of those roles that treads that fine line. And he he never makes it completely uncomfortable. Never does. It comes very close. But it doesn't go that far, which is... It's, this is a dub of, if this was done in the wrong way, this would go very sour very fast. Oh, absolutely. If this was done... If it was even ever so slightly off, you're fucked. <laughs> like, this is Tread the Line, the anime. <laughs> That's what this show is. Um, and as for Megan as um, Mizukami, um, so I said this earlier, 2015 Stephanie is a dumbass. She would have been like, I don't know who the fuck this Megan Shipman person is. I don't know a thing about her. And now it's like, 
I love Megan Shipman. <laughs> I love Megan Shipman. She's a fantastic actress. Steph in 2015 is an idiot. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the earlier roles for Megan and probably one of her first major ones, if I'm correct. Oh, probably. Probably. Because um, later on the year, later on that same year would be when she goes on to Sky Wizards Academy. Oh, God, stop saying it! Look, <laughs> we both know it's true, and that's why I have to bring it up. Alright, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Obviously, she's had better roles since then. God hates us, that's why he made Sky Wizards Academy. <laughs> anyway, this is proof that we've been forsaken. Because <laughs> of Sky Wizards Academy? <gasps> Sky Wizards Academy is one of the keys to the apocalypse. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. We have to destroy it. <laughs> we have to destroy it, but let's not destroy the people's paychecks that earned it, alright? Because god, they, they earned that fucking paycheck. You earned it well. You earned it so well. <laughs> anyway, um... But yeah, Megan is, compared to some of her other roles that she's had that I know of, um, like Ares or, um, let's throw LaBrava in here from My Hero. Um, she's such a great LaBrava. She's so adorable. Um, but yeah, this is very different. Much more like, I don't want to say it's ditzy, but it has those moments <laughs> where she's like, what are you talking about? Like, and it's very cute. It's very adorable. Um. It's just a lot of fun in general, um, every step of the way. Uh, it's very cutesy, very adorable, and like probably for one of her earlier roles, it's it's very enjoyable. Um, I like it very, very much, very much. Of course, though, Micah steals the show in this section, though, because reasons. Um, so I think we are good. You good to move on to next section? Yes. Okay, we got four characters left. We are blowing by this so fast. Hip hip hooray. Um, our next two characters. Um, they are both presidents in their own right. So we have the student council president and member of the Provisional Game Creation Club. We have Chichose Karasuyama. And then we have the president of the actual game creation club. Her name is Takao. Um, so <laughs> Chichose is, aside from being the president, she is an earth elemental type. Meaning she will punch you while she has dirt on her hands and throw mud balls at you. Hip hip hooray. Uh, Takao, um, the whole thing with the game creation clubs squaring off against each other at the cultural festival, um, is interesting because Takao just really wants to shut down the provisional club because they're the fake club. And yes. she wants Roka, who used to be a member of the actual club, she wants her to come back. Because she was trying to make a good club that she would have fun in and wouldn't be bullied for being weird or anything like that because that's why basically Roka left in the first place is because everybody in the club aside from Takao thought she was weird. Um, so Takao, she means well. <laughs> but she's also a big busty babe who everybody just wants to uh, squeeze her knockers. Um, <clears throat> uh, so she's the butt of the boob jokes in the show. So, voicing these, these two characters as Takao, we'll start with her, we have Tia Ballard, who has voiced other characters such as Sylph from Black Clover, Kagura Soma from Fruits Basket 2019, as well as the upcoming sequel, uh, and Ragdoll from My Hero Academia. As for Chichose, we have Whitney Rogers, who has voiced characters such as Lotta Hart from Ace Attorney, Artemis from Maria the Virgin Witch, and Mako from Prison School. 
Oh boy. Oh uh, boy. So, I'll start with Takao. This is Tia at her most Tia. Yeah. This is like one of the quintessential Tia roles. Up there with, um, what's her nuts from gamers. Oh, yeah. I think it's, I, th- I think for me, even though it's not as much of a comedy, I would also rate this among the higher ones like Nanami from Kami-sama Kiss because it's a similar tone too. Yes. Yeah, this is up there too. I don't remember the girl's name from Gamers. I'm sorry. Crap. What is her name? <laughs> I'm not a true gamer girl. Oh. Girl. Girl. Uh, no. Poor, poor fucking Takao. Uh, this yes. poor girl gets her ass harassed all show. And poor Tia does such an admirable job of screaming, yelling, crying, trying to be like the lovesick girl. I love the parts where I think it's Jamie is one of her sisters. So, two seconds just to tell you. Uh, so Hajime Shinoda is her new game character. I wasn't talking about new game. I was talking about gamers. Oh, gamers. Sorry. My B. Two completely different anime. Uh... Agiri? Okay, yeah, Agiri is who I was thinking of. Um, But the sisters. So, Jamie is the older sister. Is it Sarah Wiedenhoff? It is, actually. I I thought it was her. Like, I thought it was her. I was like, oh, it's Sarah Weed. So this predates Blood Blockade Battlefront, where Sarah Wiedenhoff started, like, getting- No, that wasn't Sarah Wiedenhoff in Blood Blockade. That was, uh, that's Megan Emmerich. No, she was, um, she's, uh, the sister, though. Oh, that's right, she's Michaela. To which I love a thing in Takao's family is that like having giant titties is like an inherent trait and you can't learn to be a true woman in the family unless you have ginormous boobs. Yeah, because the mom has it. Takao has She's it. She's a tits. Yeah, both of them don't. She's she's boobzilla. I just love who plays their mom. Uh, Lauren Allison. Lauren Allison, who you will recognize this in an instant. Oh, Chess Bell from Seraphim she's... and Battle of Nagoya. Oh my god, do you know who she is? You're gonna have to remind me. <gasps> do you remember the infamous the infamous thing that broke Chad on Sarah for the end? I'm forgetting the character's name now, but yes. Okay, no. So the other one was um Horn was her name. Chess Bell is the little one that was with them. Gotcha, yep. She's the little one that was with them that was always hanging out with Austin's. So which by the way, if you could ever find the old uh double talk thing where Chad learns that her name is Horn. Do it! <laughs> um, oh, it's the it's best shit. Great. It's the best shit. Uh, no, so Tia, she's off the wall, but she's also, like, the most normal one of them all. She is basically the she's straight the man. Van- she's the vanilla girl. She's the vanilla straight man of this fucking craziness. And you just kind of feel bad, and Tia's, Tia's voice really gets across that empathy. Like, you want to, you just want to hug this girl for being surrounded by all of these nutcases, and you want to root for her to get with Kazuma. And... She's just so feminine and girly. But let's talk about the real fucking star of this show. <laughs> the actual best character. Um, I motherfucking love Chitose. <laughs> Chitose is best girl. Chitose could beat the shit out of me and I'd be happy. Oh, how did I know this is where we were going with this? Not like that. She's she's underaged. Fair. Um, Whitney Rogers as Chitose is hysterical she's kind of gruff she's not boyish she's still feminine but it is very clearly the very tomboy girl who wants to kick your ass and knows that she's hot shit yep and i fucking love every second of her i love when she's like i eh, know what the fuck's going on <laughs> and like you would absolutely if she would have said the word fuck in the dub i would have been okay with it 
Like, she is a BA. She's absolutely hysterical. Her timing's great. She is the aggressive as hell. But here's the thing. She's not over the top. Yes. Not unless she needs to be. Mm -hmm. Because she knows how to rein it in and she knows how to nail her timing. Yeah. Because Chizuse's thing is that she usually has to play off of Kazuma or Roka. Mm -hmm. And Kazuma is the straight man and Roka is just fucking weird. (laughs) Um, And her voice can't sound like Roka or Takao. And the fact of it is, is that Roka and Takao sound very feminine. Yep. But Chitose don't. And I love when Chitose is sitting out the window like, Oh, you think you're hot shit, man? Just, I'm gonna spit at you. <laughs> and I, mm, chef's kiss, best, it, to me it's the best performance of the show. Wow, okay. I mean, I would say Whitney Rogers is up there in terms of the best performances in the show. She's like, my best, she's my favorite performance in the show. <laughs> um... It's it's very funny because I would say probably one of the best performances in the show is actually Tia. <laughs> That's my opinion. Um, but anyway, Whitney Rogers and she has Chito say, like, there's not a lot that I can really add to that because you're right. Like for the female characters between Roka, Chito say, and Takao, is is a very interesting dynamic. And having a more tomboyish sounding voice not only gives it a great dynamic between those three characters, but it also gives a vocal dynamic too, um, because that is Chitose's character. She's kind of tomboyish. Like, she's a kind of king of the hill kind of situation where she's in charge of everything and everyone. However, she is such a, she still cares and she's such a sweetheart because she's known Roka since they were like four years old. <laughs> they have been friends forever. Um, and they also, of course, know Tama, and Tama's a pain in the ass. <laughs> Little Tama. But, um,. No, Whitney Rogers has a lot of fun with this performance. It's very author- authoritative and harsh. And it's like she's kicking ass, taking names, and maybe chewing some bubblegum, but she ran out of bubblegum kind of situations. Um, and she's just very, very scary, intimidating. And it's in a good way because it's like she will kick your ass if you do the wrong thing. And she's also not afraid to flaunt her power either. Like, what was it? She, she helped make the members of the student council create the whole game creation clubs thing for the cultural festival make him do overnighters and shit like she's not afraid to like use her authority to get what she wants but she only does it for the sake of her friends well granted she it makes it sound like it's for selfish reasons but it's actually just for her friends it's really what it comes down to um so it's a lot of fun and i really really like it Tia Ballard is Takeo, though. So, back in the day, um, and I think I told this story on specifically the Shiki episode, I wasn't- Yeah, you never liked Tia. No. I was not a fan of Tia back in that time. Um, mostly because of Megumi and and Shiki. Like, 100% it was Megumi and Shiki that was just like- Because that was my introduction to Tia at the time. And I'm like, who's this? I don't like it. It's annoying as shit and grating on my ears. Obviously- 2013, 2014, around that mark, um, Stephanie, only like maybe two, three years later, learned that Tia is a fantastic actress because she watched a little show called Kamisama Kiss. <laughs> and um, I always felt that it, back then, and, and kind of even now, though, I think Tia has grown a lot more as an actress. Um, even now, I feel like Tia is phenomenal in comedies. Absolutely phenomenal in comedies. Um, Kamisama Kiss being the prominent one here, but also with Defrag, um, Takao, she's 
she's sweet, she's energetic, she's very, very naive. She's also very innocent because she kind of plays dumb with all the boob jokes that get thrown her way and she's just like, what are you saying, what? <laughs> like she's not understanding some of the shit that's happening. And then um, when the Game Creation Club, the official Game Creation Club, when they lose, um, the uh, punishment for them is um, Takeo gets to be felt up. <laughs> oh boy. Obviously, we don't get to watch that on screen, you fucking pervs. That's not that kind of show. Um, but, like, she's very innocent and, like, such fun energy to her. And she's, like you were saying, she's one of the few normal characters in the show. She's one of the few straight men in the show. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. And I, obviously, there's no second season to the show. And obviously, the manga is not available here in the States, as far as I'm aware of. If Kazuma and Takao are not endgame, I'm gonna be sad. Oh no. Because I was rooting for Takao. I'm rooting for her. I will always root for her. because She's sweet and adorable. Um, but no, like, Tia is one of my favorite performances of the show itself, actually. Um, because that sweet enduring tone and just so much fun she must have had with it. Uh, and it is also as one of the few non-pervert characters in the show. Because she brings that balance to this comedic show that has so many perverted moments. <laughs> she brings that balance and it's a breath of fresh air that you really need in a show like this to kind of balance it out. Um, so I have to give kudos to Tia on this one. And again, Whitney is fantastic. We need Whitney Rogers in more things, damn it. Yes, we do. We do. We love Whitney Rogers around here. Um, are we ready to move on to our final characters? Hell yeah. Okay. So, our final two characters. We have our lead male character, Kenji Kazuma. And we have the president of the Provisional Game Creation Club. We have Roka Shibasaki. So, I want to start with Roka. Roka is, like I just said, the president of the Provisional Club. We already gave a lot of backstory with her and her ties to, like, Chichise, Takao, um, all this kind of stuff. Um... Probably the two biggest pieces in this. One, she's supposedly this fire and elemental type. She's supposedly a Charmander. Char Char! Uh, with her attacks being Moe. <laughs> because fire's dangerous, kids. Um, mm -hmm. But it, we find out she's more of a darkness type. She's an Umbreon. She's a fucking Umbreon and it is the greatest shit in the world. Hence the whole darkness bags situation, because that's one of her main attacks, is basically tying you up in a goddamn bag. Her main attack is literally war criming you. <laughs> basically is. She basically, like, kidnaps you. She she puts a bag in a- and she, like, it's not even a rope, it's a fucking belt. Or some kind of ribbon or tie or something. It's a belt. No, it's a belt. <laughs> you can't really tell. Like, because remember Fumabori, like, washed them. That's true. Washed the bag. And it was folded neatly, including that supposed belt. It's some kind of ribbon or tie or something. But um, the other important part of it, and it's made clear almost about halfway through, she's also known as the underground boss. Oh boy. Where um, where even though Chichose is the student council president, the rumor mill goes on and it's like, no, Roka's the boss of everybody at that school. And everybody is so scared and intimidated by her. And she's like itty bitty. Itty bitty, 
cutesy mootsy, moe as fuck, but it's scary as hell when you piss her off. And also has these like hand attacks like the fucking swan and then like what a raptor or dinosaur one like it eventually becomes a raptor yep it's like intimidation level one swan intimidation level, level two, two velociraptor velociraptor <laughs> it was so funny um and as for kenji kazuma our main protagonist in all of this um he's <laughs> he joins the provisional game creation club not really by choice even though he says he does um and he's basically dealing with their shenanigans on a daily basis because they fucking nuts. <laughs> they bug nuts. They bug um, nuts in the best way. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, essentially, he is the straight man in all this. Um, but he's also... he. There are also a few times where he gets into shit. <laughs> where he's into, like... He's very competitive. When you get him into a competitive mode, he's really into it. He will go nuts. He will go nuts. Um, anyway, our two lead characters. Voicing Roka, we have Bryn April, who has voiced other characters such as Niwaka Denkigai from Akiba's Trip, the animation, Hikari Takanashi from Interviews with Monster Girls, and Kihal Togriel from Snow White with the Red Hair. As for Kenji Kazuma, <laughs> God, we have Austin Tyndall. Who has voiced characters such as Gene Otis from Akka 13 Territory Inspection Department, Ayumu Aikawa from Is This a Zombie, and Kiyoshi from Prison School. Who does not piss his pants. Who does not piss his pants. <laughs> no, he probably no. came close a few oh, times. Oh man, Prison School is a fucking trip of a thing I've never watched. Um, You know, like- I apparently told Hardy I was gonna watch it once and I never did. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you to fix it because while the first episode or two are, are a bit off-putting, yes, but then you understand that it's more of like a dark comedy, if anything. I know, I should eventually and watch it when, it's, like... It's, it's fucking bug nuts. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. When I can lock myself in a room where my parents can't get into. <laughs> yes. I am do not that. watching that with my parents at home. No, absolutely no, 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 no. not. No, no, no. Um, it, it's a dark adult comedy. That's what prison school is. Like bottom line. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, Bryn. Is, it's really funny. I mentioned to some people I was watching the show, and one of them said that Roka is the least Bryn character to ever Bryn. Hmm. And honestly, I kind of see why, because Roka is very soft spoken. She's very cutesy, and it's not that Bryn doesn't do like cutesy characters. It's that she does very loud characters. Um, yeah. Uh, Hikari, not very quiet. Uh, Cyan from Show by Rock, not very quiet. Uh, Historia, doesn't start out quiet. Um, also, shut up, Aaron! Did you say Hiori? Historia. Did you mention Hiori, though? Uh, no, also Hiori, not very quiet. Um, nope. No, I was also saying, shut up, Aaron! Shut up! God, that is such the best scene ever where- where Krista just fucking smacks Aaron and tells him to stop being a baby. Yep. Like, <laughs> highlight of that season, Bryn basically punching the shit out of Bryce's character. Also, Bryn's delivery of that line is so good. Fuck yeah. But Bryn's really great here. She is adorable and cutesy and tiny, and Roka is a demon child I never want to see in my life. <laughs> um, I do not want a Roka in my life. Get her darkness bag far the fuck away from me. Um, I I think that Bryn was, was really good here. Um, again, not typically what I, I know her for. I know her for much more bombastic performances. I'm looking at my shelf. The only other maybe quiet show that I think she's in that I haven't watched is, I think, Red Data Girl. You would be right. Um, 
Her character in Red Data Girl is a bit more quiet, with that being, I think, like, her first leading role, if I'm correct. Which was, by the way, uh, if you want, uh, we have touted around doing Red Data Girl as a filler episode, so if you would like us to do Red Data Girl, yes. please say in the comments. Yes, um, please, tell us. Tell us if you would like for us to do an episode on Red Data Girl. We have, I have literally owned that show for years and never watched it. Um, it's been a hot minute since I've rewatched mine too, so. Yeah, I've, I've just never actually seen Red Data Girl and I, I've owned it for a little while. It's really cute. Um, I only have the DVD version of that apparently. Um, I have the DVD version too. I don't think it ever came out on Blu-ray actually. Oh yeah, it's old enough that it might not have been a Blu-ray. Yeah, I don't think it ever came out on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, coincidentally, if, yeah, we'll, we'll do the episode as a filler if we get enough comments saying, do Red Data Girl. Yes, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, but man, let's talk about Austin Tyndall. Um, <laughs> the first episode, I couldn't actually believe it was Austin Tyndall, because I don't think he settled into the role until episode two. Okay, that's fair. Um, it was a little, it was a little off. But also at this time, I think early 2015 is where Austin Tyndall really started to come into, like, prominence in my mind. At that point, I only- Absolutely. I only knew him as Marco in Attack on Titan, which is, like, one of the biggest departures from characters Austin Tyndall plays. See, the first time I ever really heard about Austin Tyndall was Guilty Crown, of all things. Oh, I'm so sorry. You've watched Guilty Crown. Um, <laughs> yeah, so of course- Coincidentally, if you would like us to do an episode on Guilty Crown, <laughs> if you're a $10 patron, you can request it. Um, oh boy. Anyway, no, like, no, the first time I ever heard of Austin Tinda was Guilty Crown. See, legit, for me, it was Titan. For me, it was Titan. Um, for me, it was Guilty Crown, and I- <laughs> I will, I will, okay, if someone donates, if you are either a $10 patron- or you donate at least $15 to any pandemic relief and show me a screenshot, I will do a Guilty Crown episode. Oh, shit. Has to be 50 bucks. And- You said 15! No, I said 50 to pandemic relief. Okay. I heard 15. No, I was 50. Like, five zero. So either you're a $10 patron and you win one of our quarterly little- giveaway episode things, or- You donate $50 to a charity. You donate $50 to a pandemic relief charity. charity. And you have to prove it. And you have to show us a legitimate screenshot. You have to prove a legit. Oh, um, sweet lord. This is a challenge now. Let's go. <laughs> if you do $100 to Pandemic Relief, not only will I do Guilty Crown, Steph will do Guilty Crown, and we'll make our boyfriends do it. Oh, God. We're gonna get the, the, the couples in on this. Oh, shit. Please tell says... me we're gonna let Andrew and Ruth know, though. Oh, absolutely. I'm gonna tell them after we're done recording this. Um, okay, good. <laughs> so yeah, back to my point. So I knew Austin Tyndall as Marco, and Marco is a very soft-spoken sweet boy whose life was cut in half. Um, <laughs> it's cut very short. Mostly in half. Um, <laughs> he's only got 50-50 vision. He's only got 50% of his vision and his body. <laughs> I love bad Attack on Titan jokes, including my uh... personal favorite. Aaron's mom may bring down the house, but Connie's mom raises the roof. <laughs> Rip Marco Bolt. It's my favorite bad joke. Uh, so if you had shown me this and said, oh yeah, that's the same guy who plays Marco, I thought you were pie. Uh, <laughs> but nowadays, this is exactly what I expect from Austin Tyndall. Yes. Austin Tyndall can do over-the-top, hammy, crazy, straight, and he is the straight man in all of this. He is like, I am not here for your fucking bullshit. Get me out. And he is over the top, crazy, and he's absolutely perfect. He was born to play Cosma. Mm -hmm. There is nobody else that could have matched his intensity, I think. Right. Like, this is like quintessential Austin Tyndall. There are a couple types of Tyndalls that you have. You have 
quieter, more suave Tyndalls, which are your Genotuses, your Marcos. You have your um, gremlin Bana- children. You have your gremlin trolley children. A.K.A. Karma. Your Karmas. Your um, What's another gremlin child? Oh, Accelerator maybe? Accelerator's the, the third category to me. Okay. Um, oh no, quite more quiet swap. Your Ruths, your Jeans, and you have that middle, which is like the troll child's like Karmas, uh, your Obies from Snow White with the Red Hair. Um, okay, yep. Obies is a good one. Kind of your Konakis. To an extent. But Konaki kind of leans into category one and category three. And then you have category three, which is just Bug Nuts Austin Tindall. Uh, <laughs> AKA Accelerator. Accelerator. Um, Accelerator. Cosima. Um, Oh, what's another bug nuts? Bug nuts karma. Um, what's another Monoma? No, oh, Monoma's no Monoma's category two. Monoma's a category two Tyndall. Um, what's another bug nuts Austin roll? Shit. I like that we're <laughs> category one, category two Tyndall, category three Tyndall. Um, <laughs> what is this a hurricane now? Yes. Well, I am a Floridian. <laughs> I can only measure in hurricane. Yes. Yes. I can only so... measure in hurricanes. There are three categories of Austin Tyndall. <laughs> I can't think of another category three Tyndall. That's the problem. Oh, man. The category, yeah. Category <laughs> Shit, three. I'm having a hard time thinking of a category three Tyndall. Oh, man, what's another? I, can, what's another I love that. I can three. Oh, kind of it. No, wait, no. That's a category four Tyndall, is the bug nut Tyndall. Category three Tyndall is upbeat, energetic guys. Like, it's dude for Prince of Stride. Yes. Okay, <laughs> yes. So we have category okay, four so category, category, no, category, category one category is four, Tyndall. No, category four Tyndall is Cosmo. Category five Tyndall is Accelerator. <laughs> We've got a category five Tyndall. No, we have a category four Tyndall on our hands this time. Get it right. Yeah, this is a category four Tyndall. <laughs> Hurricane Austin. We haven't covered index or anything like that, so we haven't reached category five yet. I mean, if you want to Patreon us to do a season of index, you fucking can. We already, <laughs> we already have, we already have thrown out their guilty crown and red dare girl. Stop. Oh no, just, yeah, just category, this is the category four Tyndall. It's just, just. <laughs> oh my god. It's a category four Tyndall. The categories of all the Tyndall. Category Tyndalls. Um, oh god, shit. I can't think of what else to say. Oh man, I love his like little one-liners and just trying to escape the hell that is just being at Fujo High. I love, oh, the Fuff Festival. The Fuff Festival, what? Where he's just like, oh yeah, and uh, we kind of pulled in some favors. So. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good if you want to go. <laughs> Sweet lord. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with after we had like categories of Hurricane Austin here. I'm a Floridian. I can only measure things in categories. <laughs> you can only measure things in hurricane categories. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh man, um, it's getting warm in here again. Shit. <laughs> oh god, where do I want to start? Let's start with Bryn. Okay, Bryn April as Roka. Um, this predates interviews with Monster Girls, so it's not it's not to the far like extent of Hikari, but it's almost to that level. Or maybe Roka just is past that, and Hikari's a dialed down version of Roka. True. We, we don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> categories of Bryn. Shit. Um, I can't no. do that. I can do categories of, um, god shit. Josh? Cate- oh god. A category five Josh. What the fuck would that even be? Femt, dude. 
Oh, fuck, that is Category 5 Josh. That is Category 5 Josh Greeley, hands down. Anyway, um, with Category 4 might be his character from Drifters. Oh, shit. We can save this for another episode. Anyways, <laughs> getting off track. Um, Roka is... Oh, my God, what is she exactly? <laughs> um, Roka is, like, one part sweet, one part kind, one part moe... Three parts darkness. <laughs> like, mix it all in. Like, Roka is an enigma in and of herself. Because there are so many sides to Roka that you can't tell which is her actual side. And the only people who can see her actual side are Kazuma and really Chitose. Because the two of them have known each other for, like, years since they were kids. And <laughs> Bryn just has a lot of fun with this. Um, this gremlin child being all over the place, she's, she can be a, she can be a bit of a brat, she can be authoritative, she can be menacing and intimidating, she can be cutesy and adorable. There's so much with Roka that finding that balance and being able to shift personas very quickly, granted this shift, that shift from personas probably had to be done in multiple takes in order to get it just right, but like, just the amount of time and effort it probably had to be thrown in to make these personas like stand out and work very well in creating this massive enigma named Roka. Like, I have to give kudos to Bryn on that because Jesus Christ. Roka is all over the place. Um, it's there's no way around it. She's all over the place and seeing these many different shades of Bryn, especially superseding like a lot of her major roles, like, she was just getting started with Attack on Titan at the time, for example. Um, this is before Interviews with Monster Girls, this is before, uh, Noragami, this is before Snow White with the Red Hair, this is before, um, Assassination Classroom, where we have Ritsu. Um, this is before a lot more well-known shows come into play here, except for Titan, at least, because Titan came out before Defrag did. Um, and obviously she's had many more roles since Defrag came out, and she's... You can basically never have a bad thing to say about her. She's so fun, so phenomenal. But this role has her play around with her range and different personalities quite a bit. And I haven't really seen many roles since then where she's had to go through a wide range of emotions and personalities and different personas through the whole thing. I haven't seen it since. Um, it's possible that I have, and it's just not coming to mind, but not to, like, a quick succession like this. Um, so I have to give kudos to Bryn uh, on her performance as Roka, because I don't know what exactly this is, but I don't care because it's so much fun. <laughs> And again, this is another character that totes that fine line because, again, the whole darkness type thing and basically bagging people, it could come off very wrong if dealt poorly. And this came out very well. <laughs> um, and then there's our category for Austin Tyndall. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't even take this seriously anymore because we now have we, we have to sit down and figure out these different categories for sure where they fall from now on because this like i refuse to refer to austin tindall by anything else now <laughs> other than a category other than a category like this is how this is gonna work from now on so on the weird chance that austin tindall listens to this episode we apologize in advance for anything in the future <laughs> um whoops uh so 
Austin as Kazuma, <laughs> Kenji is a punk, but he's also... He's also a good boy. He's also a good boy. He has a soft spot. Um, he's not as much of a delinquent as people make him out to be. Um, especially with one of the fun moments in the show where I forgot to bring this up when we talked about the rest of his gang. That flashback he has. Oh yeah, where they all have their adult voices. Yeah. So it's funny. Yes, where they all have to be little boys. <laughs> all of them. Him, Tatum, Josh, and Ian. And the only person who could truly pull it off is Josh. Everybody else was just, it was weird. <laughs> but but it, I, I understand the point. I understand it was for good reason. To make it work and make it fun. Um, I'm okay with that because it just adds to the stupid charm to the show. And to that scene. Anyway, um, we learn in that scene that, that Cosma actually is more of a good person. And he looks up to this teacher named, named fuck, Sean, um, Sean something. It was, it's supposed to be a... It's supposed to be Sean Connery. It's supposed to be Sean Connery. It is supposed to be specific, Specifically, I think it's the Sean Connery that's Indiana Jones' dad. Yes, it is. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> Which, like, when they pulled out the crystal skull, I was like, that's a deep fucking cut show. Yep. It was great. It's fucking great. Um, like... Kazuma may be seen as a delinquent on the outside, but he's actually a nice guy on the inside. He actually cares. And Austin, there's a lot of sides to Kazuma as a character. And I think Austin portrays all of them really well. He he displays like the competitive punk nature, the delinquent nature that he has. He also portrays the softer side that Kazuma has. And out of anyone, he breaks the fourth wall the most. <laughs> There's a lot of fourth wall breaking, and nine times out of ten, it's probably Kazuma. And um, you can tell that Austin probably had such a fun time with this one as well. That's probably the theme for this dub in general. Everybody had fun. Everybody, or at least they gave the illusion of that. Yes. Everybody had fun. Are you ready to do final thoughts? I think so. I, at this point, this is probably a good transition as any to move into final thoughts. So what are your final yeah. thoughts on the dub of Defrag? That I have no idea what the fuck I watched. Um... <laughs> Accurate. Was it a fighting show? Was it a harem? Was it a comedy? Yes. It was all um, of those. It's a lot of fun. The dub is great. I would actually probably prefer to watch the show only in English. I, I don't see a need for me to go back and watch the subtitles. Um, This dub is it's so much fucking fun. It's it's up there. It's one of the better comedy dubs. Funimation's done. Um, Definitely try it. If you don't like it, I can understand. There's a lot of stuff in there that, that does border on the uncomfortable line, but I think the show does it well enough that it doesn't come off as distasteful. Yep. Um, you could watch a lot worse comedy-wise than this. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I absolutely recommend. I think that... We and also, be, I just really like Whitney Rogers in this. Um, you really loved her in this. I loved her in this. We need Whitney Rogers in more things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's my final thoughts. Uh, watch it more Whitney Rogers please <laughs> please okay thanks bye um yeah like I'm gonna piggyback basically and have the same points it's a lot of fun it's like I said earlier and like you said earlier too it's been a while since we've laughed out loud to a comedy show and here we are like laughing our asses off to this comedy show like I I won't be surprised if years from now it doesn't age very well it's aged good so far but it probably won't in the long run um it is probably one of the more fun and one of the better i think comedy dubs 
Um, or I should say at least slapstick funny comedy dubs, because this kind of gives me a slapstick vibe. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. You can't help but enjoy the ride. Um, especially for a dub that was done, probably recorded late 2014 and then released in 2015, where a lot of the names, like the only names you would recognize back then that are on this list would be Caitlin Glass, Monica Real, and J. Michael Tatum. That's it. Mm-hmm. The rest of the names are still relative newcomers, or they've been around for a while but haven't gained a lot of prominence by this point and are just starting to. So it's a good testament, honestly, to see the growth of these actors from like five years ago until now. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, especially the lesser known ones like Megan Shipman is getting up there and she's amazing. Whitney Rogers is another one. And then we have like Morgan Garrett in here. We have... Lindsay Seidel is probably another good example. Like, like a lot of the... Clifford Chapin, even. He was still fairly new. Like, his largest role at that time was Connie from Attack on Titan, for God's sake. Probably. So, like, watching the growth of these voice actors is very interesting to me. Um, sorry. I have to laugh at the, the nerddom that is um, Naganuma freaking out of her voice actresses because this is exactly what we're doing right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I feel very called out, show. Thanks. Um, anyway, but yeah, if you have the time, it's it's honestly a very easy watch. It does tote the fine line and it totes it very, very well um, where it almost goes into the uncomfortable range, but it just barely misses it at points. Um, so it's a fun, it's, it's an easy watch. Honestly, um, it's 12 episodes. You'll go through it like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fun comedy show. You'll, you're will you either going to love it or hate it because everybody's preference and taste in comedy is different. So just because Megan and I like this style of comedy, you might not. So I would give it an episode or two to see if this is your jam, mm-hmm. if this is your kind of comedy that you like before going further. Um, but if it is, watch it. It's very easy to get through. Um, if you are interested in watching Defrag, it is currently available through Funimation. Uh, you can watch it through, they're streaming at Funimation now, or you can pick up a physical copy. I believe it is currently been re-released on Blu-ray under the Essentials line, if I remember correctly. Yes, probably, I think. Probably. At least- I have I have the limited edition because I found a reseller of it on Amazon. I got it for like 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it currently. Um, if not re-released on the Essentials line, it was re-released, I know for sure, on the Save edition. Yes, it is under the Essentials label. Okay, good. I thought so, I just couldn't remember. And Save. And the Save edition. Okay, it's under both. But yeah, you have ways to watch it and access it. Um, if you're interested in anything that we do here at Dub Talk, um, first of all, uh, she's Megan. <laughs> you can follow her on Twitter mm-hmm. at QueenAir2, where she shitposts. And I'm Stephanie, aka Lilac. I am on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R E V U E. And I keep mentioning I have a blog, Life and Times Otaku that WordPress.com. I'm an idiot and I keep telling myself I need to do something with it. Um, if you are interested in what Dub Talk does, uh, the easiest way to do so is if you are on YouTube, you're already here. Uh, you can you can subscribe to us here where we do new episodes once a week every week sometimes two episodes a week depends on how things are going um you can also if you're just interested in listening to the audio versions of these episodes uh we do have an account over on podbean where you can listen to full audio versions of all the episodes that you want in your convenience um social media wise we also have a twitter 
uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Tumblr is dead. Um, all at Dub Talk Podcast. And if you want to support us in an even larger capacity, um, there are two ways to do so. For one-time donations, we do have a Kofi account. Uh, and the link is in the description below. But if you want to help us out more frequently and more as kind of like a different kind of subscription, we do have our Patreon. Our Patreon where we have different tiers uh, and you get little rewards, including early sneak peeks on episodes, different clips. Um, and then every th three months or so for our $10 patrons and specifically, we have an episode giveaway where essentially $10 patrons, they'll submit episode ideas to us. And then we essentially do random number generator and we get to do one and uh, do an episode based on the entries that are submitted to us. Um, to which we do have patrons to thank who makes things like this possible for us. So as a special thank you, we have our $5 patrons, B. Morris, Michelle Travis, Miraculous Cobra Zone, and Nico Robin, but with yaoi hands. And then we have our $10 patrons. We have Carly Lestacow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, J2 aka Jared, Julia W., Marissa Lenti, and Weeby. So yeah, thank you guys very much for your continued support. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, Two things, as was brought up earlier, this is not patron specific, uh, well, partially. Uh, one, since Red Data Girl was brought up, if y'all want to see a filler episode of that, let us know in the comments below. Two, if you guys want us to cover guilty crap, there's only two ways it could happen. Patreon or charity, boys. First one is the Patreon. If you're a $10 Patreon in the next quarter, because by the time this episode goes up, the raffle period will be over. You would have to be a $10 Patreon from end of June into July. That's when the next one would be. Um, or if you donate $50 to the charity of your choice during this pandemic, Megan will do it. Somebody's got to do it with me. If you donate $100 to the charity of your choice for the pandemic, not only will Megan will do it, she's dragging my ass and her boyfriend's asses into this. Oh, I mean, you're going to have to do the $50 one with me too. I ain't doing this shit alone. Fine, I'll do the $50 one with you too. But you have to show us proof that you did it. <laughs> a legitimate screenshot from a legitimate charity. Yes, please. There has to be legitimate proof. Don't fake it. Well, no. <laughs> um, if you want to do that, like... Might I suggest the one that they're doing for restaurants through the James Beard Foundation? Yeah. So, if you do that, give us a DM over on our Dub Talk Twitter. Send us a DM, alright? Um, only because, like, if the screenshot involves credit card information, obviously we don't want to put your security at risk. Uh, so just send us a DM for it. Um, and let us know. <laughs> uh, those are your only two ways to possibly get a Guilty Crown episode right now. Unless we're really bored. I mean, no, if we're really bored, we're doing a Sword Art episode on, uh, Al, uh, on, uh, Alfheim and, uh... Oh, shit. Eincrad? Eincrad, thank you. We'll the do SAO. Season, we'll, do, we'll do the first season. <laughs> it's kind of funny. When we were trying to come up with ideas for a filler episode... We almost did Hamid, this as SAO. We almost did SAO. Just for funsies. Um, but, you know, we might torment ourselves at some point in time. We might just do it. We, <laughs> we, we, genuinely enjoy sh we genuinely enjoy shooting on Alicization. Ugh, poor Alice. <laughs> God damn it, Alice! Oh, poor Alice. No, remember, the, real, the real MVP of Alicization is Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes, Yu-Gi-Oh did nothing wrong. Yu-Gi-Oh did nothing Yu -Gi -Oh wrong. Yu-Gi-Oh is the canon route! <laughs> <He's> <laughs> anyway... 
at this point, that means we're fucking tired. We need to go to sleep now. It's time to go home. It's time to go say night-night. Uh, time to say night-night, boys and girls. Everybody put your darkness bags on. <laughs> darkness bags. Just curl up in a ball. Just curl like, up in your darkness uh, bag. I'm a little teapot. Short, Short and stout. Here is my hand. Here is my spout. spout. <laughs> when you tip me over, hear me shout. Your waifu is trash. Good night. Bye. Bye. Otaku on, my friends. What kind of ending is this? I don't know. Just, just, just fucking end it. If you've made it this far, please spin around in a circle, jump up and down, scream, I'm a wombat, and Andrew sucks. <laughs> good night, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. We'll Stay safe. Stay safe out there and wash your goddamn Damn hands. hands. <laughs> good night, everybody.